And welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer. I am one of your hosts, Trey, and I'm joined today by my beautiful co-host, Evan. Evan, Hello. my friend, how are we doing today on this lovely, doing, lovely Friday? Doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's not really we, Friday for me because I work Saturday and Sunday, but... That's uh, true. I'm doing good. I am very we happy should... about uh, the interview we just did, which we'll touch on in a second. Yeah. I, Work's going good. Uh, yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I The snow is finally starting to melt here. I, yeah. I know you're used to it because you're a cyclist. Yeah. How uh, cold did it get there? It got, it, at its coldest, like 10 degrees. 10 F at night. 2C. Oh, minus 12. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, are you in Celsius or are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Celsius. Oh, fuck. When you said it's like minus 47 here, I thought you meant minus yeah. 47 Fahrenheit. Would you like to know what minus 47 Fahrenheit is Celsius? Yeah. It's minus 44. It's very close. My, Celsius and Fahrenheit converge around minus 40. So. Oh, shit. It was that cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was that cold, That's bro. That's still so cold. That's so yeah, cold. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Uh, no, but I'm tired of having of going out for a smoke, and the first step I take outside, I just wipe yeah. out. Uh, it's brutal. The uh, the shoes I wear to work are very old, and the treads are pretty much gone. So I'm just sliding around the parking lot as yeah, I'm walking to I, work. I'm like sitting outside at like midnight, just. <laughs> yep. It's terrible, uh, yep. but doesn't stop me. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we just inter- finished interviewing um, writer and director of movies such as Madison County, Contracted, and Josie. Uh, Eric England. We just finished recording that. It was a fucking blast. What a yeah. cool fucking guy. We went for uh, almost two hours, about an hour 40, and it was amazing. Yeah. It was so much fun. It was what a so nice fun. guy. What a we nice got- guy. We got so many insights into uh, the filmmaking process of his films um, and just talked about, I mean, we just talked about everything. It was a blast. He's just, yeah, again, like yeah. like Evan said, he's like the nicest guy. He's so Yeah, we so talked cool. about inspirations, what, what kind of stuff went into making his horror movies versus Josie, which is more of a thriller. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so that was a... I mean, that's been the highlight of my week. I've been looking forward to that all week. Yeah. Um, Very scary since... going into it. And then we yeah, started we were talking both like... to him. <sighs> and then the moment um, we started, it's just like, oh, it's a casual conversation. Yeah. Uh, so that was a blast. Um, but we're here today to continue our Kubrick deep dive, uh, reviewing uh, Barry Lynn Peak and uh, A Clockwork Peak today. Uh, yeah which I'm quite looking forward to. But before we do that, it's movie news time. We, 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 the people want to know what, what's yeah. been happening in the movie world. And Some stuff's been uh, happening. we're the only ones that can tell them. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, I mean, Evan, you said we're getting uh, an SNL biopic. Yes. Let me scroll up real quick. This movie sounds incredible. It stars Gabriel LaBelle, 
star of The Fablemans, one of my favorite movies ever. He was robbed of an Oscar nomination, in my opinion. Uh, it's a fantastic movie, and it's he's playing Lorne Michaels, the creator of SNL, and it follows him in the early days. I'm still scrolling up. I gotta get the rest of the cast on. Uh, here we go. Uh, yeah, it's called SNL 1975. Rachel Sennett is also starring, who we love. She's <sighs> hilarious and a smoke show. Yeah. Yes. This film follows the real-life behind-the-scenes accounts of the opening nights of Saturday Night Live. How cool is that? Yeah, like, so excited. It's a really unique show, having to set up sketches yeah. every week that w- were pretty funny for the first like 15 seasons. And SNL's kind of hit or miss these days. Yes. I think some are much better than others, but still... It's I always mean, really we, entertaining we, to watch. Weekend Update never fails to oh miss. Oh my god. Colin uh, Jost and dude, Michael Che. They kill the, it. The only person that is better than them at Weekend Update is the man himself, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, dude. Canadian What le- a legend. legend. Canadian legend. He's, God, he has some of the funniest line delivery if you, especially if you go listen to quickly uh, steer off into Norm McDonald land, especially if you go listen to some of his, like the Norm McDonald show, it's Dude. so funny. His jokes are so stupid. My favorite joke of his is the owls, or not, sorry, the moth, the moth joke. Oh, I haven't heard that one. You you gotta go on YouTube after we finish this and listen to it. It is the stupidest fucking joke I've ever heard in my life, but the payoff is. <laughs> sublime like (laughs) he has this one joke it's so funny he's like my wife went into a coma and oh i've heard this one he's like (laughs) i went to the hospital the doctor goes well norm there's one treatment that i've seen succeed but it's a bit risque but i've seen it work you gotta perform oral sex and he's like, my God, I love the way he says, by God. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, I'm willing to try it. He walks into the hospital room and he does it. He walks out and he goes, doc, she's choking. <laughs> it's such a stupid joke, but I love it. Yeah, it's it's his so- line delivery is unmatched by like literally any comedian ever. Yeah, I so, maybe maybe Mitch Hedberg, Mitch yeah. Hedberg holds the place for my all-time favorite joke. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, see, uh, see, bananas and stoplights are, are very similar, actually, but with bananas, or with stoplights, green means go, yellow means go ahead, but be careful, and red means stop. But with bananas, yellow means go, green means go ahead, but be careful, and red means where the fuck did you get that banana at? <laughs> like my all-time favorite joke. Um, but yeah, what were we talking? Oh yeah, the new SNL, SNL show. Yeah, an SNL movie is gonna be awesome. I hope it's really I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm hyped for that. SNL is one of my all-time favorite shows. Um, and yeah, it's so excited. Yeah. Um, and the, Gabriel LaBelle looks so much like Lorne Michaels. Yeah, and he's an amazing actor. Shout out to Failmans. 
true as well. Um, what else did we get this week? We got um, a lot of news about the Minecraft movie. We got quite a few castings for it. I gotta scroll. Jack got... Black being cast in the uh, yeah, Minecraft we got Jack movie? Black plus uh, Jennifer Coolidge and shit. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, Kate McKinnon, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords, or the What We Do in the Shadows movie. Uh, we got Daniel Brooks, Emma Myers. The cast is very weirdly stacked. It feels like somebody filled out a Mad Lib of celebrities. Yeah, it's a very odd combination because these these actors are very different comedy styles. And I I don't really know, like, is the movie just going to be them hunting the Ender Dragon? Or... Yeah, I have no idea. It, it building and a house. Play like Steve? I think Jason Momoa's playing Steve, because he was the first person cast for it, so I would just assume oh, he's playing Steve. Okay. Uh, but, uh, genuinely, I... I don't have a lot of faith in this movie. I'm dying to see a trailer for it, to see what they're going for. Um... Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, we also got one thing that kind of piqued my interest. So Jodie Foster came out and said in a statement that she turned down playing um, Princess Leia in Star Wars. Oh. Instead of Carrie Fisher, which I think would have been an interesting casting, especially uh, coming off of Taxi Driver. Um, I think it would have been mm-hmm. very interesting, but really I really dodged really a bullet. Any, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Man, that that scene in the Last Jedi is rough. I know you glazed that movie, but dude, that movie that scene weak. is that that scene is crazy. I I love it so much. It's so good. Um, I'm sure we'll do a Star Wars episode one day. To my dismise. Yeah, but uh, yeah. unfortunately. I don't love all of it, but I think some of it is yeah. pretty fun. Um, we got a sequel to the Polar Express being worked on now. Which is interesting. we've all been asking for, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Bring back that creepy-ass kid. Yep. Uh, and uh, you didn't need to make this movie. It's probably going to do fucking crazy at the box office. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, we got our first gameplay trailer of Indiana Jones. Yes. Uh, looks Circle. fucking sick. Yes. Um, I am so excited for that. Yeah, um, I was really skeptical about the first person nature of it. And then I saw that Machine Head Games is making this and they made the Wolfenstein remakes. Yeah. Which are phenomenal. Sick. They're so fun. Yeah. So, and then I was like, all right, I'm in. So I was really surprised this is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2024 is kind of crazy. So, yeah, I have faith. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, but I think it's I think it's going to be pretty fun. I'm curious about the combat. That's my big issue. But, I mean, the Wolfenstein games have amazing combat, so we'll see. The whip yeah. could be a little clunky. But yeah, the story looks sick. Troy Baker voicing Indiana Jones, one of the arguably greatest voice actors of all time, alongside Nolan North. Uh, mm-hmm. 
this has potential to be a very sick video game. So, yeah. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> We've got a Wizards of Waverly Place uh, sequel series coming out. I know it's not movie news, but it's peak, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, nobody asked for any of these. Make original content, please. Yeah, like, we got Zoe 102, I think, last year, and who watched that God, shit? Nobody. nobody. I didn't watch it. Nobody uh, cares. Yeah, nobody cares. If we want to watch these movies, if we want to, like, revisit these childhood memories, we'll watch the original. Yeah, like, I went back and watched iCarly again, and it's peak. Have I seen the new series? No. Yeah. But I'll watch uh, the old one forever. Uh, one last piece. It's not movie news, but a quote from our yeah. boy Jason Momoa yes. that I want to talk about is he said, uh, quote, none of my movies are going to the awards. I'm not really that guy. So maybe one day it'd be nice to have one of those kinds of movies where it's a really, really good movie. End quote. Bro, your movie was nominated for like literally 10 Oscars. Yeah, he's literally in Dune. He's uh, in Dune. Uh, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, I don't know if he's talking about like acting wise. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. And also, speaking of Dune, Dune is being re released in IMAX on January 24th in North America. I think it's some different dates in the UK, but go see that shit in IMAX because I've seen it in IMAX and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Also, last thing before we get into our reviews today, Jim Carrey, not Jim Carrey. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. We're both like, we just finished recording for like two hours. So I think we're both kind of out of it a little bit. Uh, Nick Cage uh came out and said that he doesn't understand why disney has yet to uh green light a national treasure three and i don't understand either nick cage just saying what we're all thinking yeah we give us a national treasure three give us more ben gates um, yeah i rewatched both national treasure movies last year and they are an absolute blast i watched oh national so treasure with the uh da vinci code trilogy back to back and it was just like a week of pure adventure into ridiculous uh convoluted storylines and i ate up every single second of it yeah. they're both like and they're both very similar but diane also kruger yeah give us more diane kruger please she is they're they're just so fun to watch like they're predictable yes are they cheesy? Yes. Are they extremely fun to watch because these these adventures and mysteries are always crazy? Yeah, they're awesome. I didn't watch the TV show. I probably won't because Nick Cage is the heart and soul of There's National, a National Treasure. National Treasure TV show? It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. The oh, Book of terrible. Secrets, I think it's called. Yeah. Oh, I probably will. No, Book of Secrets is the second one, which might Ooh. I say, the second one, much better than the first Wait, one. Wait, it's shit what's it called i don't i don't know i'll pull um, it up oh for another thing i want to start talking about um is daily check-ins uh not daily weekly check-ins on percy jackson since we're getting one of yes. those a week are you all caught up i am caught up except so i stopped like, for the last like what, five six, minutes 
six episodes in, yes. seven episodes in. What are your thoughts so far on Percy Jackson? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of basing my enjoyment for the show on how shit the movies were. I think the show was a ton of fun. It's nothing crazy. I think that the stakes tend to be pretty low. Like the overarching story is pretty intense. And then episode to episode, you don't feel the stakes as well as you should. But I think it's really fun to watch. I think the performances are good. The castings are really great. Annabeth, Percy, uh, blanking on his name, the satyr. Grover, thank you. Uh, awesome. Their chemistry is good. Something I need to shout out. Lin-Manuel Miranda, thank you for chilling the fuck out and yeah, being not- a normal human being on this last episode. <laughs> oh my god. My favorite Lin-Manuel Miranda performance maybe ever besides Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. He was so tamed in this episode. Mm-hmm. It was great. I loved it. He's sitting at a poker table with a bunch of women trying to make money and he's super casual. Like that's what I want. Yeah. Because he's a very talented man, but he's super overindulgent on himself and it's annoying. It's that's the word I'll use for it. He's he he can be very annoying. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. I liked Grover's side lo- side story a lot in the last episode. I thought it was fun, the whole pan yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was a good time, and I'm I'm hopeful that as the seasons go on, it'll only get better and better as they learn kind of what they're going for and the path they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it a lot as well. Um, I think the last time we touched on this was when the first two episodes came yeah. out. Um, I've been a, really enjoying the castings. Um, I think M- Megan Mullally as... Uh, I can't remember the... She's one of the fates. Um, oh. She's doing an excellent job. I thought the casting for Ares, I thought that guy... I don't know his name, yeah. but I thought he did yeah. a good job. I thought that was, was really a cool. really good casting. Um, it's interesting... Because I'm assuming here, here's the thing with this show and why I think they're doing such a good job is because every time the credits roll, I'm disappointed. I'm like, God, give me more. Yeah. Um, and, um, the interesting thing, because I think it's fine. We're finally getting to that point where next episode on Tuesday, uh, we are finally going to get uh poseidon and we're finally gonna get like interactions between percy yeah. and his dad and if you look up uh the cast um you it has like the full cast of the show and then it has some actors who don't have a character under them they're just like cast in it so it's okay. obviously like people who are in it but the characters have yet to be revealed right. um and we and I've been trying to think about like, oh, who is going to be Poseidon? Who's going to play Poseidon? I mean, this is a huge role that is going to be a recurring role throughout the series. Throughout, I mean, just a massive role as Percy's dad. And I see Lance Reddick up here. Oh my god! Really? How much I would give to have Lance Reddick as uh, Poseidon? 
Just but give then, it to me. The, but I mean, the problem is, is they'd have to recast him for later yeah. because he died last year. Um, R.I.P. to Lance Reddick. Uh, but I would love to see him as, uh, yeah, uh, as Poseidon. Yeah, that'd be uh, really cool. Um, I, <laughs> my first thought when I heard Poseidon casting was Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, who infamously played Mr. Krabs. On SpongeBob SquarePants, but oh, more recently, shit. oh, he, he was in, he was in Detroit Become Human, the video game, mm-hmm. and he was a. It's a very dramatic role, and he was, you know, swearing, and it just kept it very serious. And I was like, dude, this guy should voice act in more shit because his voice is so iconic and like genuinely angry and like just a bitter person, and yeah. I feel like that be it could be fun. Yeah, um, I also you know who I wish they would have cast as Ares, John Bernthal. Ooh, yeah, John. Yeah, being like, hey, hey, let me tell you, just something. rubbing rubbing his bald head, and he's like, hey, let me. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you. Lightning thief is. <laughs> let I know me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> um, that'd be so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But all I'm, jokes aside, John Bernthal would be amazing. Um, I'm happy with the show. I'm hopeful that it will get its full run through all the books. Yeah. Really hopeful because the movies didn't. Rightfully so, the movies suck. Um, yeah. But yeah, this. It, it would adapt well to, to the screen, and I think it deserves its full shot, so I'm hoping the show can carry that through. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to have as uh, Ares. Not Ares, Hades, though. Uh, because they did do... They had Steve Coogan as Hades oh. in the movie, and I, I thought really? he I did a great that. job. I thought that was an oh, amazing shit. casting. Um oh. But I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Um, also, the uh, National Treasure t- Treasure TV show is called The Edge of History. That's pretty so bad dumb. name. Pretty that's bad name. So, so dumb. Um, have you seen the guy on TikTok who does like good band name, bad band name? Yeah, that's a that's a bad TV show name. It is. The best parts about those videos is where he's like, "I don't give a toot." I think that's so funny. Dude, they need to go to Steven Spielberg and then take one of the like not chosen names for an Indiana Jones movie and then just make it a National Treasure one based off that. That's yeah. That'd be a good idea. Those are just gas. Or imagine like a crossover between Indiana Jones. Yeah. And imagine if imagine this for a second. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny comes out. And it is not Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It is, in fact, our boy, <laughs> Benjamin Gates. The homie. Crazy. That would be so sick. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, I was just thinking, imagine how cool a title it is, National Treasure, Dial of Destiny. That's so like, good. Like, why did that movie have to suck so bad? Because that name is cool as it fuck. It really, it was... It didn't suck, but it wasn't good. It was so aggressively mediocre. Yeah. Which is why I was so... And it was so fucking long. It was too yeah. long. Yeah. It was like two and a half hours. Yeah. 
It was too long. Um, speaking of long, let's get into our movie reviews today. Yeah, you want to do Barry Lyndon first? No, let's do... Well, we Clock do them in, yeah, Clockwork Orange okay, first. Right. Um, which I think we both like Barry Lyndon more, so let's just bust out Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, first Clockwork- off, my review for Clockwork Orange just says average, average milk enjoyer behavior. Yeah, dude. If you drink milk casually, yeah. Based review. You're Um, a psychopath. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Carl on the film scoop. Last... (laughs) 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 We need to stop insulting Carl and Cash so they actually come on our podcast. Yeah, true. Um, But... uh, So, obviously, last week we talked Doctor Strange Love and 2001 which was actually on tuesday those were our last um ones that we talked about um where kubrick really started i'm just trying to stall here until i figure something out kubrick really started to come into his own um with those two films um I mean, Doctor Strangelove, the greatest war satire ever made in 2001, the greatest sci-fi movie ever made. Um, so he came out in 2001 um, in 1968. Then, uh, how many years is that? Three years later, in 1971, he releases A Clockwork Orange. Um, this film stars Mal- Malcolm McDowell, Patrick McGee, Adrian Corey, uh, Miriam Carlin, Michael Bates, Warren Clark, John Clive, uh, just a just a really stacked cast. This has a 4.1 overall on Letterboxd, um, and with an IMDb score, I'd have to assume pretty high, 8.3. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty we'll close. Probably be getting this in the next uh, couple months in our IMDb series. Yeah. Um, I'm not watching it again. <laughs> pro- I probably won't either. We'll probably just talk about it again. Um, now, to if for a synopsis for people that don't know, uh, being the adventures of a young man whose principal interests are rape, ultra-vi- ultra-violence, and Beethoven. In the near future Britain, young Alexander DeLarge and his pals get their kicks beating and raping anyone they please when not destroying the lives of others alex swoons to the music of beethoven the state eager to crack down on juvenile crime gives an incarcerated alex the option to undergo an invasive procedure that'll rob him of all personal agency in a time when conscience is a comedy or commodity commodity thank you can alex change his tune um, I should have drafted this for when uh, we did our draft for most yeah. movies. First off, neither. Go ahead. Did. Sorry. Yeah. Said, I, yeah. Um, first off, the synopsis for this movie gives away way too much. Yeah. I know most people have seen it, but that's the first two acts of the movie. And yeah. that's kind of crazy because... All I knew going into this movie was that there's a very fucked up crew of people and they break into a person's house and rape somebody while singing Singing in the Rain. That's all I knew. Yeah. 
I didn't know um, they get caught. I didn't know. Uh, I mean, I'd seen. <laughs> there was this classic. Uh, it was after I'd seen the movie, but my brother sent it to me. And it was because when Force Awakens came out, uh, he forced me to watch four, five, and six of Star Wars. I'd seen four and five, but I hadn't seen six. And he was like, you need to watch all of them. Yeah. And he sent me this meme. It was like rewatching the prequels before rewatching or before watching Force Awakens for the first time, and it was just Alex with the ah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. God, what a yeah. Scene. I um, I think it's good to go into this movie blind. First off, what a banger title! My God, A Clockwork Orange, dude. Yeah, uh, that's just a sick title. Good movie um, title. Yeah, poster is sick as hell too. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, there's so much to break down here. Um, again, and this is a thing that I want to mention every episode because I think this is what made Kubrick such an amazing filmmaker is him pushing the envelope. Yeah. And he didn't just push it, this movie. He hooked it up to the back of his pickup truck and drove it a mile. It's, I mean, there is just insanely graphic rape scenes in this film there is an insane amount of nudity of, yeah of i mean there the original cut of this movie that was released in europe they there's a scene that is cut out of the film that you can't find anywhere no director's cuts no nothing because this movie was released and then some kids went out and imitated a scene in the movie that was later cut from it and ended up murdering people. I mean, Wait. this movie... Did you not know about this? No, what was the scene, if you can say nobody, it? Nobody knows what the scene was. Oh. But it was like, what the first cut, it was like released in like Germany or something. Oh, shit. And, uh, well, no wonder they murdered each other. <laughs> Freaking Germany. Um, no, I have no... I mean, I do have problems with Germany, but n- not... God, I'm digging myself into a let's, here. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, but yeah, there was like a scene in the movie that is in like the first like 10 or 15 minutes that they cut out because it was then kids went out and like imitated it and ended up oh murdering God. people. Um, Jeez. So, I mean, this film is obviously very problematic if you want to look at it that way. Uh, I think it's I think it's really interesting in a way um it's a very interesting look on to where we could be going as a society um and before we get into the philosophical parts of this movie i just want to talk about the technical aspects first yeah. of all the score Dude. of this movie oh my just god unbelievable it's so good i mean when I'm going to be up now, when I'm going to be out on my night walks, having a smoke, of course, I'm going to put on the clockwork orange score. Um, Bring a cane and a glass of milk with you. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's um, so good. And then, this movie, I don't want to say has the vibes, but the vibe of this movie is crazy. It It picks what it wants to go for, and it's like this beethoven field soundtrack that is weirdly creepy and then you have alex and the boys committing i love i love so much that they call it the old ultra violence 
I think it's so funny. Yeah. And ultra violence is what they do. And man, this movie is crazy. Like Kubrick knew exactly what he was going for. And yep. oh my god, did he through the score, the cinematography, the set pieces achieve mm-hmm. it. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you even talked about because we did a little watch party uh, yeah. the other night, me, you and Ben, and we all watched it together. You even talked about the color, the color scheme yeah. of the movie is crazy. Yeah, it's really odd because this movie is super colorful. A lot of the color palette is just straight rainbow. You have scenes where Alex will go into a store and the walls are just these vibrant-ass colors. It's really crazy. It reminded me of another movie. I don't know if it's in the IMDb Top 250. I hope it is because I want to talk about it. Uh, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, the inspiration for La La Land. This movie also has an insane color palette and I find those really, really unique because it kind of puts you in this like alternate world feeling because you don't go to places like that. Yeah. Like it's not a, a normal thing to just go to a store and the walls be pink and blue and all yellow and all this shit. Like I think that number one, it's very pleasing to the eye and two, it kind of puts you into okay this isn't reality because it's so odd yeah um it's yeah it's and like i said earlier it this movie feels like uh it feels like where we as a society could be going um in in the way that it's very i don't it's it's just like stuff that is even done today yeah and even like the synopsis is like in the near future it's not futuristic it's this is near and this movie's from the 70s like i want to talk about the the specifically so obviously the alex alex and the fellas yeah um what happens is they break into someone's house and they 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 uh, basically assault this man. They rape his wife, um, and then um, they all they all try to escape. But Alex doesn't escape. Alex is the only one that gets caught, and so Alex goes to prison, um, where he undergoes this. Well, he's in prison for a while. He's kind of acting like he's reformed, um, more uh, more of a respectful individual. He's has a close relationship with like the uh, priest that uh, the priest of the prison, um, and then he goes into this experimental. They're creating this experimental psychological treatment to basically uh, condition uh juveniles to not do bad things yeah it's like exposure therapy yeah they're trying to cut down on juvenile crime and it's basically they the therapy is they show they force these juveniles to watch these terrible terrible videos until they get sick of stuff they've done and so in real life 
when they go to do these things, they get physically ill, so they can't do them. And so essentially what happens is they take away, and the father, the father kind of goes into this after they do the demonstration um, where they like have some guy try to get Alex to fight him and then some girl come out completely naked um and alex yeah. even alex as the narrator is like all i wanted to do was to like have her um but like he tries and he gets physically he physically Ill. can't yeah he physically can't um and the father even goes into this and i think this was, was what i found so interesting about this film is like he's like you have taken away his choice you have taken away the choice he has to whether make he is forced to make the right decision now. He has no choice in the matter whatsoever. And I think that's what's so interesting is you kind of like, you kind of start in this mindset that like, oh, what they're doing is good. Alex is a, I mean, obviously Alex is a very fucked up individual and they're trying to help him and fix him and that's good. But then you have the father coming in being like, no, this isn't good. You've basically taken away what makes him human. Um, and I found that very interesting. And I think that's a very risky choice for Kubrick to make in this situation, especially with how messed up he makes Alex seem um, in the film. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you have any thoughts about that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Um, because, you know, yeah, it's pretty much exposure therapy in the most extreme way. Um and yeah. today that's something that's used for people with addictions and it's in a way alex is addicted like he it's like you said he sees this naked woman and his first thought is oh i'm gonna rape her and you know just go to town yeah and it's almost like kubrick was like people have addiction to violence and crime and i'm gonna show them what what it takes almost i don't know if that's the right way to say it but mm -hmm. he's kind of pushing how extreme all of this society is and how crazy these crimes are while you know creating it's it's weird because it's kind of an entertaining movie watching alex and the boys when they're not breaking into people's homes and tormenting them like interacting like you have i mean we just watched it. i don't remember his name but the one guy that's kind of stupid that they just straight torment and yeah. make fun of for being stupid uh I don't but yeah he, th this movie is very over the top like yet it's set in the future and it's a very realistic society we could be in mm -hmm. and they go to a milk bar where milk is dispensed out of a mannequin's titties like it's ridiculous yet so much of the content and themes are so prevalent even today even this movie is like 40 years old 50 years old um it's yeah yeah it's really interesting to see how ahead of his time he was mm -hmm. with like I'm having a hard time pulling thoughts because I'm just like my my brain is racing about how yeah Ku Ku Kubrick just knew 
it's kind of crazy. It really is. And he did the same shit with 2001 and AI, like Jagger was talking about. This with yeah. crime and, uh, you know, the youth being corrupted is the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just such an interesting and thought-provoking film. And it's obviously very, very divisive on whether people like it or not. I've seen people give it a star and a half. I've seen people give it five stars. Um, it's really, it, it really comes down to the person on whether you'll like it or not. Um, but I love it. I gave it a four and a half. Evan, you actually raised it up from a four to a four and a <laughs> I half. I did. Um, yeah, so. I saw this movie. My brother bought a, I was pretty young. I was probably 15 or 16 and he bought a Kubrick collection. Mm-hmm. And he went away. He was because he was an actor for a little bit, and he went to an art camp. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "You should watch them." So I texted him as I was watching Clockwork Orange. Yeah. As like th- scene by scene, and I hadn't seen it since then. So I was like, you know, I remember liking it. I remember thinking it was not as good as two thousand one or The Shining or those two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic film. I really, really liked it. And I didn't remember literally any of the third act after Alex gets out of prison, so yeah, it still felt really fresh. And I think that third act is really great. Like, the scene when he goes back to his parents' house is amazing, because he's trying so hard to be respectful, and he never really was before. I mean, you know, he's like, oh, I got the stomach flu, and he's not, like, yelling or anything. But he goes back home and he's trying, and then it's just like, "Oh, we replaced you, and yeah, you're not as you're not as good as our house tenant." Yeah, fucking. It's Joe. crazy. All yeah. the homies hate Joe. Yeah, all the homies hate Joe. Um, and then the boys being uh, police officers is crazy. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I I really love that third act. The whole the whole film is magnificent. It could probably go to a five at some point. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. It's more just that it's not an easy film to get through. So, I think the rewatch value is not great. That first thirty to forty minutes is very very tough to watch. Yeah. Kubrick um, doesn't shy away from anything. No, he does not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, go check it out. It's streaming on Prime in Canada. Uh, yeah, you'd have to rent it here. It's like Prime or Stars. Yeah. Um. But yeah, go check it out. Highly recommend. Um. Yeah, the pacing's really great too. It's it's over two hours and it goes by really quick. Yeah. I think it has a very natural flow to it that it just kind of it moves really well. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but yeah, let's get into. Personally, one of my favorite watches of the month. Um, uh, it's 1975. Kubrick is just coming off the heels of A Clockwork Orange. Um, and he goes basically in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Comes out with uh, an insanely beautiful and stunning period piece yeah one of the greatest period pieces of all time Barry Lyndon. um i mean 
just a masterpiece. Um, an Irish rogue uses his cunning and wit to work his way up the social classes of 18th century England, transforming himself from humble Redmond Barry to into the noble Barry Linden. Um, Ryan O'Neill as Rest Barry Linden. Peace. First thing I want to talk about. Uh, is it just me, or did he totally look like Jonathan Groff? <laughs> yeah. It's weird, dude. Um, yeah. I mean, this is my first watch. Um, and, I mean, Evan, I th how many times have you seen this? I've only seen it once. I watched it over the summer. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. Um the the first thing that's pretty obvious to talk about um is the cinematography the cinematography oh my god just masterful here i mean genuinely every shot looks like a painting yeah one of the things you hear about this film a lot is every single shot looks like a painting and it's it that's sounds like hyperbole it's not yeah, it's, it's crazy this movie is beautiful it is insane how good this movie looks the the shot of barry linden it's the classic shot that everyone uses yeah. and he's like sprawled out on the chair with everyone behind him it looks like a painting hanging in the in the louvre yeah it's an immaculate look i don't know how film. kubrick did it um i don't know how he does a lot of things he's a man yeah, of true. we'll never know ways. um but also we get a great story here and yeah. a lot of people, this is what a lot of people complain about with this film is the story and they don't feel that it's as strong as some of his other work. Um, I'd have to disagree. I found this to be a very engaging story with very engaging characters. Um, I loved the character of Barry. Um, and I, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought this was just immacu an immaculate film. Sorry, yeah. I'm running out of things. My brain is I'll, running out I'll of things I'll take over for, for a minute while you... Yeah, yeah. go ahead. The, okay, so this movie, I think, is very... It's very entertaining. I, I, I think a lot of people... I remember my brother, when he was at that art camp while I was watching Clockwork Orange, he watched Barry Lyndon. He told me, it's from the guy that made The Shining, and it's a three-hour period piece about a guy who wants to duel somebody. And I was like, that sounds like the most boring shit I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, yeah. never watching this movie. And then I watched it. First off, the first half of this movie is fucking hilarious. Barry is such a klutz and a buffoon. And the the way he gets out of situations he gets into is, it's I think it's really funny. I genuinely yeah. think the first half of this movie is, <clears throat> excuse me, really funny. And the whole scene when he starts fighting in that one, uh, like, big meeting in the second half. I can't mm -hmm. remember who's in it. I haven't watched it a bit. I think it seems really funny, the whole fist fight thing. Um, I think the combat scenes are intense. Like, when he's dueling the one guy at the beginning and it's just blanks, but you don't know that, and you think he genuinely murdered the one guy. Yeah. Just to get to... Yeah. I, I... And, you know, he gets robbed and all of this. Like, I, I genuinely think the first half of... The, I, I have a few issues with the second half. I think it's a bit slower paced. Mm -hmm. But the first half of this movie is so rapidly paced and entertaining. And there's so much going on that you're super locked in. And... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's... 
it's got that same dry humor as Doctor Strange Love in a different way, but it's still that very stupid dry humor that you kind of want because Barry yeah. is just a random nobody that's working his way up somehow. And yeah, I I was recommended this movie by a few people and I sat down and I was like, I was trying to find a day to watch it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I might not like it, but I'm still going to watch it. And yeah, I was locked in. It goes by, it feels like a two hour, two and a half hours max movie. Mm-hmm. It goes by really quick. I don't think the runtime is an issue, even though it's intimidating. Um, yeah. The second half, I find, like I said, is a bit slower. I really love the dueling scenes in the second half. Yeah, it, for I sure. think they're really intense. They're not as entertaining as the first half. Like the second half is not as funny. I find myself drawing. I mean, I know Amadeus came out later. I believe it later. Drawing myself comparisons to Amadeus with this movie. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, 1984. Wait, what year did this movie come out? 75. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I've yet to see um, yeah. Amadeus. I think Amadeus is a superior film to this. You need to watch a tray. It was nominated for a lot of Oscars, and it won eight. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's probably it's got to be on the imdb list it's fucking amazing so we'll probably talk about it at some point but i find myself comparing period pieces a lot because i find it's a genre that i'm kind of picky about because they're very easy to be boring movies i think it it's it's hard to make a compelling period piece because it's so easy to make a boring one you know Mm. i don't know how you feel about them uh my top three are uh, this uh, portrait of a lady on fire and Amadeus. Yeah, I I definitely have portrait of a lady on fire up there. I have that at a five as well. Yeah. Um, but historically, I'm just not a huge fan of period pieces. Yeah, I find um, there are movies you like, really need to be in the mood for. Like Lincoln, I wasn't a huge fan of. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's boring. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sparta, I feel like uh, Kubrick does an excellent job with the period piece. Uh, Also looking at uh, Spartacus. Spartacus, I thought, was excellent. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's not my, it's not like my go-to genre, but like, I'm not like going to turn myself away from it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I think, I think. Uh, I don't know. They're not my favorite, yeah. but I think they are still good. It's an interesting genre because it's very uh, saturated with remakes of books, you know, yeah. like Jen Eyre and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but I think Kubrick really set himself apart and created something unique because it wasn't really what I was expecting at all. No. You know, you expect you kind of. Uh, period pieces tend to be paint by numbers you know it's this and this and this and this and it kind of falls and this movie is not that at all yeah um yeah um barry london streaming i watched it on tubi 
Yeah, um, so don't watch it on Tubi. If you watch it on Tubi, it'll come out around three hours and forty-five minutes. Um, instead of uh, first thing, hours. shout out Tubi. Tubi is amazing. Come sponsor. Second thing, Tubi. don't watch Barry Leonard on Tubi. Rent it. Pay pay money for it because yeah. you don't want the ads during a three-hour movie. That's yeah. that's not fun. Um, but yeah, think. Uh, yeah. That's our Kubrick movies for today. Barry Lyndon and A Clockwork Orange. Sorry, we are yeah. so out of. Sorry, I am so out of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, one period but, piece I really want to shout out, and I yeah. want at one point Trey. Once you see poor things, to do a uh, Yorgos ranking. The favorite. The, the favorite. Yeah, the favorite's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's the that and poor things are the only Yorgos movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, um, so once Tracy's the favorite, you can expect. Because I'm going to force him to, because Yorgos is my second favorite director of all time, maybe first favorite. I will force him to do a, a Yorgos episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can expect um, that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, next week. Next week's we going to be crazy. The Shining. Um, and then on Tuesday, we're doing Logan. Um, and then, God bless you. Um, Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's get in. Uh, Evan, you want to get into what we've been watching recently? Yeah. Um, so. Let's see here. I think I left off on Spotlight. And then. That's what I left off on. I watched A Clockwork Orange. Yep. We already talked w. about it. And then I finally completed the trilogy. It's not a real trilogy, but the third Wong Kar Wai film I really wanted to watch. In Shout out Jagger. In the mood for love. Yeah. This movie is fucking vibes. As are all of his movies. I find that when you watch a Wong Kar Wai movie, you can expect a love story and some drama and motherfucking vibes. Like, when I was recommended his movies, I was told, don't, you don't need to be fully locked into the plot to, to respect his films. Mm-hmm. Because he creates environments that are so pleasing to look at and immerse yourself into. Yeah. The color sure. palettes are insane. The soundtrack and score are crazy. He manages to turn a a pretty simple plot about to uh, a man and woman who both find that both their partners are cheating on them into mm-hmm. just vibes. It, it it's a romantic film and it's sad and it's funny and happy, but yeah, it's just so cool. Watch this movie in the early morning or at night with the lights off, curtains closed. Turn the volume up. The music is great. The acting is fantastic. Like one car wide just continues to pump out really phenomenal time like his movies are just fun to watch they're slow yet you don't really ever feel bored because you're so locked into the worlds of them yeah yeah uh so my ranking for those three is chunking express it's the the king of vibes it's crazy uh and then in the mood for love i also i i have it at a five star Okay. And then Fallen Angels, I have it a four and a half. For, I think Fallen Angels maybe has my favorite colors of the three movies because it's just crazy. These mm-hmm. like really cool greens. It's great. Uh, yeah, In the Mood for Love is awesome. Go watch it. 
Yeah. You can uh, do two at a time if you want, because I only have like four movies to talk about. Okay, cool. Uh, first one I watched, uh, Running with the Devil, um, with Nicolas Cage and Leslie Bibb and Cole Hauser and Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, fucking terrible. Uh, half star. Just <laughs> absolute ass. Um, so that was a real disappointment. Um, a surprise? No. A disappointment? Yes. Uh, and then I finally checked off Airplane off my watch list. God. What a fucking blast. So funny, dude. Oh my god. So funny. Oh my gosh. Wait, have you seen The Naked Gun? No, I haven't. Oh my god, bro. Watch The Naked Gun, like, today or tomorrow. It's, I think it's funnier than Airplane. Yeah. But I have Um, both of them very highly rated. But just absolutely iconic filled with so many great jokes um it's just... such stupid humor yeah i love it it's a blast my the scene when i don't even remember the context of the scene because i watched it earlier you're in the kareem year, but... abdul jabbar no Dude, i'm when... not i'm roger murdoch bro when the fucking plane pulls up in the airport and it's got the turban and like the jewish like hair down it and the beard and all that yeah I was dying. Yeah, I love it's, airplane. It's amazing. It's, it's so funny. Good. Um, but yeah, run with the devil and airplane. All right, give us your next two. My next one is or your a, next one. Sorry. Yeah, my next one is a two B classic, the COVID killer. Yeesh. I gave this a half star. I drove to Wendy's while this movie played, and I didn't pause it, and I came back, and it was still going, and I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Uh, it's rough watch. It's really bad. It's super weird and racist, and there's a sex scene in it that's like a straight porno. Uh, it's there's some George Floyd stuff in this movie that is just crazy that they thought was okay to make. The yeah. plot is, it's like sick. If you've seen that, yeah, that movie was pretty terrible too. I liked Sick. I thought Sick was cool. I thought Sick, because um, we have this like group of COVID movies, and I thought Sick handled it the best, where you have a group of people isolated, but it's not necessarily uh, like, locked out. I have that movie at a star. Oh, really? I think I have yeah. like a three or a three and a half. I thought it was cool. Um, anyway, this movie sucks. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What a glowing review. Yeah, it's really Um, bad. Let's see what else I got here. Um, And then I watched uh, Mike Mills' Come On, Come On, starring Joaquin Phoenix. God, we're about to fucking glaze, bro. Oh, my God. Dude, peak. It's so good. Let me shout out Woody Norman for a second. Not only was he great in this, but also great in the 2023 release, Cobweb. Um, Oh, shit. He, what a great actor he is. Um, and I mean, this movie, it was so heartbreaking and sweet all at the same time. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, it is definitely going to be <clears throat> that. It feels like it has high rewatchability. Um, it does. Did you know that all the interview scenes with the kids are real? I assume so. None um, of that scripted. Yeah. Yeah. That, I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, c- come um, on, come then, on is like, I sorry, I need to, I need to. Yeah, glaze. go ahead. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's such a it's a tough movie because it has a lot of sadness to it. But Joaquin yeah, and his sister's too. dynamic is so heartfelt, and it's one of those movies that, even though it's in black and white, you really feel that man, the world is beautiful moment. And I, I think mm. it's just a heartfelt movie at its core. I love the scene when they just go to like Central Park or whatever and start screaming. Dude, I was. Sobbing. It's so good. Oh my god! Like it. Yeah. It just. It hits film. every single emotional beat hits perfectly. Yeah, I love not, Come On, Come On. You don't have to be like... It's a very easy watch. It um, is an easy watch, for sure. It's like... I loved it. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> I think that most people would like it, but since it's in black and white, a lot of people wouldn't watch it, unfortunately. Which sucks, because... It it really like accentuates it, I think, yeah. because instead of focusing on the scenery, because since they spend a lot of time, you know, walking through really beautiful areas, yeah, you don't see color, so you you see into like their emotions more, mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's just it's so good. If you want to feel good by the end of a movie with some sadness in between, go watch it. Like, as soon yeah. as possible. I yeah. think it's on Prime in Canada. It's on Prime here as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go check that out. Um, and then I followed that up with the utter shit that was uh, Franken, <laughs> Frankenfish. Uh, Sorry, what did you rate? Come on, come on. Four and a half. Gotcha, cool. Yeah, Frankenfish was a half star. Um, <laughs> when the body of a man is found completely destroyed in the swamp in Louisiana... The medical investigator, Sam Rivers, is assigned to investigate the murder. He travels with the biologist, Mary Callahan, to the location where the victim lived in a floating house, and he meets his family and friends. They find that Chinese snakeheads genetically engineered that belong to a wealthy hunter are attacking and killing the locals. While the group Feister survived, the hunter Jeff arrives with his team to hunt the predators. Uh, fucking terrible. But it was laughably, I guess it was la- it was laughable fun. Um, right up Ferdinand's alley. Uh, oh god, yeah. That kind of bad. Um, what did you watch this on? Tubi. Yeah. I like I All right, give us that. your next one, Evan. Yeah, my next watch was Josie. So I'm gonna talk about it for a bit in case you haven't watched our interview with Eric England, which you should go watch. Well, it's it, Eric England. This is this episode we're recording now came comes out today. The Eric England oh, comes out. Oh, it's today. Okay, sorry. Sunday. Yeah, uh, Josie is really really great. Yes, it's kind of set up. I don't want to say too much because I think the payoffs throughout this movie are really great. Yeah, it's set up kind of as a weird erotic thriller. Um, it has great performances by Sophie Turner and Dylan McDermott. Mm-hmm. I think the the scenery is really great. It's like this rural kind of feeling, even though they didn't shoot it. I I was kind of surprised that he said he shot in L.A. Um, yeah, that kind of blew my mind, to be honest. Yeah, because it doesn't feel like it. I think the camera works good. I think the acting is really, really great. And yeah. 
Yeah, go watch it. It's really great. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jesus, you, you can hear more thoughts and then this I'll weekend. Post out my last few. Yeah, my last one is Madison County. <laughs> yeah. Um, w. A horror slasher, also directed by Eric Kingland. Uh, you can hear more thoughts on the interview with him this weekend. But uh, this movie has some great kills. It's a a rural setting, small town type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. the The premise of the film is really great. They go to investigate a book about a killer and they get to this town and some, some weird shit goes down. Uh, I really liked it. I thought the kills were great. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's really short. It's on Tubi. It's like 80 minutes. Maybe it's super quick. Pacing's good. Acting's pretty decent. Gore is great. So yeah, check it out. Um, yeah, I my next two are also Josie and Madison County. Um, yeah, if you would like to hear our thoughts, um, tomorrow we will be releasing our interview, almost two hours long, with uh, the writer and director of those two movies, Eric England. Um, we had an absolute blast talking about those and the filmmaking process that went into making them. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Um, and then followed up Madison County with Barry Lyndon. Already talked about that. And then last night, again, I'm doing a slow rewatch through the MCU. Um, and what I kind of do is I kind of just like watch whatever movie or TV show I'm on. I watch it like bits and pieces at a time. Um, like I like watching movies while I'm in the shower. Like I'll be taking a shower and then I'll set my phone up on the little ledge. And I've done that. Playing. It's peak. Um, so I'll like watch like that's when I'll do like my Marvel rewatches while I'm taking a shower and stuff. So last night took me four or five days, but I finally finished my rewatch of Shang-Chi. Uh, should really be called Shang Peak and the Dude, Legend of the Ten Peaks. It's so fucking good. Oh my that god. That might be the best phase four movie. Um, it is the best phase four movie, and it's one of the best origin stories in the MCU. Oh god. Yeah. It's so Simu good. Lu- Simu Simu Liu and Aquafina have unbelievable chemistry. Um, yeah, and... I, like I know a lot of people shit on Aquafina. Number one, she's fucking amazing in uh, the farewell. If you hate her, go watch that movie. You'll change your mind, and then watch Shang Chi because she's pretty decent in it. Genuinely, dude, I I don't know why people hate on her. I fucking love Aquafina. I think she is so funny. Um. And also we get Michelle Yeoh, uh, who is Kung, like a Kung Fu goddess. Yeah. The uh, combat in this movie is amazing. Yeah, the hand-to-hand this stuff might is be the so best good. hand-to-hand combat in the MCU. It is. For sure it is. The only one that I see contesting with it is uh, um, Civil, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a great film. The special effects look really good. Um, great castings. Just a really great all-around fun film. Um, and I always have a blast with it. Um, and 
Ronnie Chang is in it as John John. Always love Ronnie Chang in a movie. He is so fucking funny. Um, I love him so much. Uh, yeah, just a great, great film. Um, and that's kind of what I've been watching. Um, yeah. Can I? I also started rewatching before we recorded this morning. Uh, Tron Legacy. Um, because I felt like I needed to rewatch a peak. So, yeah. Peak. Um, do you have that at five stars? Too? Yeah, absolutely. W. Dude. W. It's so good. Oh it's my god. So, like here, here, here. I will make a list of the things that are wrong with it, and then a list of all the things that are right with it. Things that are wrong. The Nothing. CG. The de aging CGI. For oh Blue. yeah, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Thing, and that's it. Things that are right with it. Literally everything else <laughs> yeah. about the movie. Dude, I'm gonna um, rewatch it this week so we can talk about it. God, dude. I've it's seen it ten so times. Sick. I've seen it ten times, and I still haven't really? seen the original. Dude, I so I had never seen it, and then me and my girlfriend were looking for a movie to watch, and I was like, shit, maybe we should have Trung Legacy. And she goes, I fucking love Tron Legacy. And I was like, huh? Yes! And then W like, girlfriend! She was like, and she's like, you know, a, you, you yeah, know she's exactly like, why why the ladies love that movie. Yeah. And then she goes, Can we watch Tron Legacy? And I was like, Yeah. And then I was just sat there for like two and a half hours and I'm like, oh my god. It's peak. And it's also so good. I love I love it for the same reasons the ladies love it. Garrett yeah. Headland man, easy on the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Plus Olivia. Wow. See, Olivia Wilde as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Fun for Pe- everyone. Peak cinema. Peak cinema. So good. Shout out to Oscar. If you listen, I don't think Oscar listens to our podcast, but if you do, <laughs> shout out Oscar. Um, yeah. That's the average film enjoyer for today. Oh, Join Cash. us Tuesday for our review. Again. Does Cash like it? Cash has it at a five. I'm pretty sure. W. Double U. Glaze Tron Legacy on this podcast. Bio digital jazz, man. Oh my god, that movie's so fucking good. Tune in next um, week you talk about Tron Legacy for an hour straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk, join us next week where we do a scene to scene uh, reenactment of Tron Legacy. Yeah. Um, no, join us Tuesday for our review of Logan, um, directed by James Mangold. Uh, currently streaming on Disney Plus if you want to watch it to prepare. And then next Friday, we will be reviewing The Shining, um, which I am quite excited for. Um, so excited. First, uh, it's the last thing, I want to shout out everybody who watched our um, our episode on YouTube, our last episode. Um, usually, we'd get like 20 or 30 views an episode. And like by the first, um, bef- like when it's been up for 24 hours maybe 10 views um it had been up for 24 hours and we were already at 150 views to so shout out to everybody that just like boosted our viewership on the last yeah. episode keep doing that please yeah um, it makes That's- us feel good makes us feel that we're doing something right uh share us with your friends that like movies share us with anybody that likes movies yeah, um, and go check out our interview with Eric Englund because it is yeah, not tomorrow. only more of this yap sesh, but you're going to get a really cool insight into making horror movies and exactly. stuff like that. It's a really, yeah. it was a really fun time. Me and Trey yeah, both were be... nervous about going into it. Yeah, and it's it's just really fun. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. That will great. be released tomorrow, so you guys can be looking forward to that. Um, if you want to follow us on our socials, 
uh, Evan is Evan0567 on Letterboxd, and I am Trey the Film Noob everywhere. Um, thank you again for joining us on the Average Film Enjoyer, and we will see you tomorrow for our interview with Eric England.